Hi guys, my name is Dom and welcome back to 120Hz, my podcast which is designed for a deep dive into all the latest tech news stories and headlines. Uh, So hello and once again we're joined by Ben, Uh, it's great to have you back on the channel Ben uh, after your last uh, appearance on the podcast. Uh, in a newly appointed role, in fact, as as the new co-host of the uh, of the podcast. Brilliant to be back. Um, are we making it official? Then is it, are we officially? Yeah, yeah, well, we are. We are, is that we are making it official. Yeah, we're we're yeah, we're we're definitely making it official. So after after your last performance, uh, you've uh, you've earned the title. Um, so yeah, welcome back, well, everyone, um, and uh, and happy new year to you all. Uh, this is the first podcast of twenty twenty one. So. Super exciting. Yeah, God, 2021 already. <laughs> Hopefully it's a uh, start of something better than last year with everything that went on with the world and we can um, move on with the vaccine and hopefully get back to talking to just about tech. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, let's hope let's hope we uh, we do get back to some normality. Uh, and what a podcast to start with, um, the tech I'm most looking forward to in 2021. Uh, so this this is going to be a deeper dive into all the tech that we're looking forward to in 2021. There is so much coming out. Uh, and of course, um, as always, um, I'll be um, giving you the lowdown on all the latest tech that's coming out, both on the podcast and obviously on the channel, um, Dom Talks Tech. And if you haven't already, um, go and hit that subscribe button on the channel um, and also follow the podcast on uh, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we've just reached 200 subscribers on the channel, um, which is really exciting. I'm super happy about that. Um, so hopefully we can me- keep moving forward and keep building up um, the momentum of that. Congratulations. Well done on hitting 200. Thank you very much. Thank you. So uh, there's a couple of things that we uh, want to talk about first. So the first thing is the Galaxy S21 series, which has just um, been launched last week. So it was Galaxy Unpacked event. Um, and the uh, Galaxy S21 series has just been launched, um, which I think looks fantastic. It looks like a really great phone. Um, it's got a quite uh, new design to it, so the camera sort of blends into the body of the design. It kind of um, bends at the back, um, which looks quite nice. The camera is probably the biggest refresh, actually, of the design, um, of, the, of the phone itself as well. Of course, we've got new specs. We've got the Snapdragon 888 series. Um, and the Exynos 2100 series as well, um, independent on what market you're in. Of course, a couple of bad things. We're losing the expandable storage and also the charger um, and headphones in the box. And thanks to Apple for that one with the iPhone 12, every single manufacturer, unfortunately, is going to be following suit this year. So, Yeah, I think it's, um, it's looking good at the moment for um, the sort of Galaxy Streamline uh as, as a brand 2021 is looking probably like it's going to be their uh sort of their bolster year in my opinion they're looking like they're going to release some good uh some good products this year um i see i'll i'll have to be honest here i am more of an iphone and apple person <laughs> uh, only because that's just sort of what i've always grown up with you know i've got an iphone um Apple Watch, um, well, AirPods. You know, I, I think I'm just always going to be in the the Apple ecosphere. I, so I think I that's like... it now, though, isn't it? It's what it's whatever sphere like, sphere you're in. So if you're if you're a Galaxy user or if you're a, an Apple user, I don't think there's a, there's a lot that can change you really either way. Yeah, definitely, and I, th- I think that's one of the things. It's not going to be people really 
moving between spheres. And I, th- I think one of the, probably one of the reasons for that, um, something we touched on just briefly before we started, um, was like you said, um, a lot of products now are exclusively for their ecosphere. Yeah. Like um, you mentioned the before this we started the Samsung tag. Um, is Samsung ecosphere like you're not going to be able to use that if you're a, if you're an Apple user? Yeah, um, I think that's that, that's one of the things that's happened at the moment is the the ecospheres of, of brands are getting bigger, but they're also becoming a lot more exclusive where third party other brands can't really use them. Yeah, uh, or they're not gonna their products can't um, aren't interactable with 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 third party users, which I think is probably a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, I think you've. I think as well. I've been mentioning about that as you've got the um, app, all Apple subscription services. So uh, you know, for example, if you're using, if you're in the Apple sphere, there's so many things to do. You know, you've got Apple TV Plus, Apple News Plus, Apple Music, uh, iCloud um, subscription. Um, you've got Apple Fitness Plus, which is brand new, and you've also got. Apparently, they're going to do an Apple Podcasts Plus to rival Spotify. Um, this year so that is potentially something that's going to come out um, in the Apple subscription service and actually the Apple subscription service now makes up a huge chunk of the company um, so they, they really do make quite a lot of money off that mm, I think um, Apple really jumped on the subscription service at the right time I think mm-hmm. um, especially with Apple TV uh, now I got it free the 12 months free because I got my iPhone not so long almost a year ago now mm-hmm. uh, and in my, being from app, being an Apple user, I actually don't think it's that great at the moment. Just because if you compare it to other subscription services like Netflix and um, even like Amazon Prime, where a lot of their stuff isn't free, like you can rent it. Yeah. Um, or even like Disney Plus, they're just not in the same sort of category. Apple TV just isn't as, it, just, it isn't as diverse, I don't think. No, I agree. I think because I got it with my iPad as well, which is almost a year old now, and I've actually not even used it. I've, there's a couple of things that I've wanted to watch. I've seen like there's a their Apple exclusive um, called C, which is supposed to be really good. Um, but again, I've I, I just I've just not used it. Like I've not wanted to. I think as you say, because there's so many good things on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and we're so used to those things. Um, I, yeah, I, I think Apple was. TV Plus is just another like fish in a in a big pond of subscription yeah. services, really. I think uh, they can they can do all right, but they need to they need to sort of take note of what Netflix have done. Netflix went from a streaming service that only made only like bought the rights to already made like pre made yeah TVs and films to making their own originals. Um, and I think we discussed in the last podcast that the, the um, originals that Netflix have are incredible. Some of them are incredible. The, yeah, the absolutely. That, I mean, look at Queen's Gambit. It's a program about chess and over 60 million <laughs> people. It broke records and over 60 million people have already watched it. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, it's one of them where they just need to sort of take note of what's already happened. It can be done. I mean, Apple have got so much money behind them. It wouldn't surprise me if they could make some brilliant TV shows or films, like originals. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I think that's just my opinion. That's that's sort of what they can do. What, what else do you think they can do in terms of making it better? Um, I think you've I think you've hit the nail on the head. Really, I think they've they've all they've only got their own content on there. 
And I think that's because you know, there is exclusive things, but there's just not exclusive things that I really want to put myself out there and watch. Like, you know, I've, I've got better things to, to want to do or want to watch. Um, so potentially, as you said, whether they buy the rights to other films. So, for example, I mean, there's no time to die, um, which has never made it to the cinema. It's, it's been a year... Um, a year late to to the, to the cinema it's potentially going to come out in april or potentially it's going to be delayed again um you know is it time for some company to just buy the rights to that film and put it on there because i'm sure if they if apple were to buy a film like that and have a you know a blockbuster james bond film you know solely on their streaming service i think a lot more people would 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 buy it or would buy into it for um uh, but i just i don't know whether they want to make the leap there no, I um I agree. I think um I think it's one of those where the problem the problem that I think they probably have at the moment is uh, obviously they can't have cinemas open and um they pro- if they did that they gave they gave the rights of that film to um something like Apple TV. It would it gain as much box office because all the all they'd be doing really I think. I mean, I don't know the logistics behind it, but giving a film's rights like that, an, uh, an unreleased film, mm. are they just going to get a lump sum for the film and then royalties at some point? Yeah. Or And would that be as much as if they waited, released it in cinemas, like the week that cinemas started reopening, um, and hope that the box office would... Because I, I feel like you'd, they'd probably get more per person from cinema tickets yeah. than they would in terms of a lump sum from a streaming service. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think you're absolutely right. Um, they would probably make more more from that. Uh, so, yeah, anything what else are you looking forward to tech-wise this year, Ben? Um, I think one of the things, just sort of keeping it in the Apple sphere, if you don't mind, for a second, uh, one of the things I saw just recently yesterday, I think, um, is the Apple Glasses yeah now i think again we briefly touched on this hap- having the sort of glasses where in tech companies having happened before yeah in the previous podcast but i think we've finally seen um a proper sort of look in a in in, in quotation marks if you will at apple's first try um i'm just going to quickly pull up the story that i found on them um, but I mean, I, I sort of sent you the story. What, what do you, uh, what do yeah, you think? I, so I, I did talk about this in, a, in an earlier episode of the podcast. Um, it was one that you weren't in. And I, I did talk about the Apple glasses because, yeah, as you say, there is now a little, or a little bit more renders or leaks on the Apple glasses. Um, I think they're going to look really good um, and they are going to potentially be uh, teased in 2021. I don't think they're going to be released until 2022. That's, that's the rumour at the minute. Um, but they've got a lot of potential. I think with Apple, with anything, they're going to wait until they have absolutely refined um, the product. So they want it, um, according to some 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 rumours, they want it to look very much like you're wearing a normal pair of glasses, um, not like you've got some you know some tech on your face. And they want it to obviously seamlessly work with all the, the all the other Apple products. Um, and you know it's potentially got huge benefits. I mean. AR and virtual reality um, has, of course, got some huge potential in the near future with things like 5G rollout. When 5G becomes more um, widespread, um, 
then I think that's got huge potential because we've now got the network and the infrastructure to be able to use these products out and about um, with, with 5G and with 5G speeds. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that I keep thinking of recently for AR is the, um, the was it the Samsung advert of the massive Rita Aura in London? Yes, uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, I think it was. was it yeah. Samsung? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I just, I, I keep coming back whenever I think of AR now and VR, because obviously I think that was a, some of that was a headset as well. I always come back to that and just the vision of Rita Ora, massive Rita Ora, got, uh, Godzilla-like in a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think Apple, Apple can make some moves, especially if they, um, if they focus on that sort of idea, the AR. Um, it's a good idea. They're, they're one of the pioneers, as we know. Um, sounds like a broken record, but they are one of the pioneers when it comes to to new areas of tech. And now I know it's not really new because AR has been around for a few years. I mean, whenever I think of sort of the origin of AR as like a consumer product, my mind always gets drawn back to um, Pokemon Go, that Pokemon Go craze in 2016. Yeah, um, is that very, very early on adaptation of it. Um... Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was 2016, wasn't it? Where there was, it was just a sort of craze where you just had people running around cities. Yeah, yeah. Mobs of people running after these, these like these Pokemon. It was ridiculous. And of course, I think you had uh, the very first one was Google Glass, and that obviously mm. crashed and did so badly. And but I think that was 2013. I want to say the first prototype of that was. It was yeah, very and- very early on. I vaguely remember as well, didn't Snapchat try and release? Yeah, they've got three pairs. They've actually got three pairs of Snapchat spectacles, they're called. Yeah. And when they first were released, you can only buy them in certain locations. They had like kind of vending machines where yeah, you could buy yeah. them. Um, whereas now you can actually buy them off the website. I don't know who would because they are sunglasses. They're not actually glasses. Um, yeah. But they allow you to record Snapchats, you know, via these glasses and then upload them straight to your um, your Snapchat account, which you know, who is going around with snap glasses, you know, Snapchat spectacles on to record. Bright yellow as well, weren't they? Like, yeah, they were, around with yellow they were some funky colours. So I, I, I don't know. I think maybe if you were in a city that was constantly sunny, I think it would work fine. But, you know, you know, your average consumer in the UK um, going around every day with, uh, with some glasses on your face, I don't, I don't think <laughs> looks no. too good. Probably look good down in somewhere like... Uh... One one of the coastal cities like um, Brighton or Southampton or somewhere like that, yes. um, where, where it seems to be sunny all the time for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I couldn't see someone walking around central Manchester with snap glasses on. No, absolutely not, no. Um, but yeah, another story that, of course, we've got this year, which is, well, it'll potentially be April, um, is the OnePlus 9 and OnePlus 9 Pro. Um, and of course... OnePlus's story is is quite an interesting one, if you like, and it's changed so much from being this very, very budget-friendly phone to having a whole host of phones and really wanting to compete. So the first one we saw was was OnePlus 8 Pro last year, and that hit the £899 mark. And, of course, that's that's flagship territory. Um, So OnePlus 9 is is going to be released in, in April this year. And it's going to be on the similar on similar lines. It's going to be the uh, the flagship um, of the company. Um, so we're potentially looking um, at quite a similar design to last year. Updated specs. So again, the Snapdragon eight 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 series, um, probably better cameras 
in the OnePlus phone. Um, but that, that's something really exciting to look forward to this year. Yeah, I think um, OnePlus have done a very good job of sort of breaking into the smartphone market, especially around the time when it just seemed like it was just Samsung and Apple would release a phone and those were the, the, the go-to. Um, I think OnePlus uh, have sort of done what another smartphone company needed to do mm. and they brought in a more, more, I say more affordable, but it's not, you know, it's not one of those... I mean, some of the prices you get for an Apple phone now, like an iPhone, is ridiculous. And a Samsung yeah, but, phone, it's just the same. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I, th- I think that they're gonna do, they'll do well, but they need to keep that as sort of their flagship of we try to make it as affordable as possible, um, without sort of um, losing losing ground on uh, R and D, developing the phone making it as user-friendly as possible. So I think it can work. Um, I believe, haven't they, um, as one of the OnePlus 9s, is they're releasing a light version of the phone as well? Is well, that, they've, they've sort of expanded their, um, their product line. So they've got the OnePlus like, main, main phone, so the OnePlus 8, OnePlus 9 it'll be, OnePlus 9 Pro, and then six months later, they always release a, a T model. But then they've also um, they've started a, a Nord line, so the OnePlus Nord line. Um, that's their new budget-friendly phone. So it takes quite 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 really good specs and brings them back down to OnePlus's roots into that budget-style smartphone. Mm-hmm. So it packs a lot for for your money, basically. Um, and the OnePlus Nord did really well with its um, with, with its release last year, and and potentially we're going to get a going to get a second generation of that Nord device this year. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that's really exciting, and OnePlus OnePlus's story is really uh, really interesting. Marcus Brownley um, just did a video on his channel MKBHD, um, and he basically did an entire video about OnePlus's story um, with the company started in 2015 and to where it is now. And um, that's a really good video, and I definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't already. Yeah, I um, I do like to period not periodically often. Um, going watch his videos. He's very. Um, he's quite an interesting character. Is Marcus Brownlee not just for his tech? He's just a very interesting character, and he sort of gives it to you straight, and he doesn't sort of be around the bush, as some would say. Uh, in terms of the the one plus, I do think it's a a good idea with the new one. Um, but as I say, I'm going to stick to the. Apple spare at this point, uh, just because that's what I know, and that's how, it's the most user friendly, I think, as well, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking about budget phones as well, keeping on that trend, um, the Pixel 5a is potentially going to be a, a, another big phone this year. Um, and that's another, again, we had the Pixel 5 last year, which was Google kind of realizing their position in the market of. Of, of, of a phone that couldn't really compete with the Samsung and the Apple of the world. Um, so they decided to opt for a slightly lower Snapdragon variant. Um, but with that, um, had a little bit more of a realistic price point for the phone. Uh, it wasn't, I don't think they really hit on the mark, but the Pixel 5 is nonetheless, it's, it's, a, it's a great phone. Um, yeah. And it was definitely um, Google realizing, okay, we need to reposition ourselves. Um, and with the with the 5A, we're looking at again very much budget spec um, phone, but with the latest um, budget specs. Um, so we're looking at the 
a newer Snapdragon variant for this year. Um, 5G, of course, again. Um, yeah. At a more affordable price. Yeah. I, I, again, keep coming back to it, but uh, I feel like recently affordability is one of the one of the points that a lot of people are going to. Yeah. Um, especially after the year we've had, a lot of people are having to cut down on things, you know, due to um, job loss or stuff like or pay reduction, you know, issues mm-hmm. that uh, unfortunately hit everyone, I think, in some way. Um, th- go on. I think that's it. I think you've I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, I, I mean, people are getting so fed up of paying these ridiculous prices for phones that, um, actually, affordability is probably one of the most. I mean, even companies like Apple and Samsung have, re- have, have realized that. So, we had obviously the iPhone SE 2 last year, um, which, it, which did extremely well, having those iPhone 11 specs, uh, a very budget smartphone. And again, Samsung did the same with their, um, well, Samsung have got a whole range of phones, but with their um, Galaxy S20 FE, for example, the fan edition. Yeah. Um, and that brought down the price considerably, um, but kept it at um, at some very good specs um, uh, for that price point. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if we uh, so if we change tactics slightly, uh, we're going to talk about the, the obviously the, the the brand new uh, genre of phones, if you like, uh, the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold Three, um, which we'll potentially get in this year, and we'll also be getting the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip um, Two. Um, well, it might potentially be very, very early on this year, within the next month or two, um, we'll see the next flip phone from Samsung. Um, and of course, as, as we all know already, foldables are, are a very, very, very new genre of phone. Um, and uh, currently they're very much for the tech enthusiasts, the people that are interested in the tech, because they're definitely not as durable as the mainstream phones there. They've got some well they've got downsides to them you can't throw them about like you would normally with a with a phone um but yeah the samsung galaxy z fold 3 um is something that definitely is worth looking out for this year and it's samsung's third attempt and of course last year with the um z fold 2 samsung came on leaps and bounds in terms of the design of the phone um how it feels they actually put a full um front front display on the phone, which was 6.2 uh, inches, much more usable. And then the display on the inside had the um, complete um, 7.6 inch display with a hole punch camera. And of course this year with the Z Fold 3, we're looking at a, um, a full in dis- inside display and with Samsung utilizing the under display camera technology. And that's gonna be the first phone with an in display camera, um, which is, again potentially something very very exciting to look forward to later this year yeah um definitely i think um flip phones uh as in fold fold phones sorry not flip phones that's uh (laughs) about two decades actually isn't it um no i think fold phones are uh, as you said sort of a tech enthusiast's main sort of what they want to look at yeah um i mean Going back to that, what you said, the one of the downsides is the durability of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've I have my phone and it's completely cracked. Um, I'm not sure that you'd be able to see it anyway, but it's it's, it's completely <laughs> destroyed on the front. Uh, which is not really from me just throwing it around. Is it because I've got a screen protector on it? But is it, so it is a screen protector that's that's cracked. It's not actually the yeah. display. 
So the, the phone probably does get dropped and not thrown around. I don't throw mm. walls and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, it, it is still very durable. And I probably, if I had the screen protector off, it'd probably still be quite durable. Um, but notoriously, iPhones do break their screens very easily and it's very expensive to get them fixed. Yeah. Especially if you go to the Genius Bar. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I like the look of the Fold phones. If they were um, maybe a bit more mainstream, then I might be willing to look at one of them properly. Yeah. Um, well, mean, we've got the iPhone Fold, um, which I don't think will be this year, but there is two prototypes that have been successfully put through testing um, for, for Apple. So we are definitely going to get a folding iPhone at some point. Um, again, as I say, probably not this year, but more likely 2022. Um mm. And, you know, with Apple, with anything, they wait until the technology has been more refined um, and they don't want to compromise on the essentials of a phone. Again, that being durability. Um, of course, foldable phones aren't waterproof and dust resistant. So that's something, again, you've got to w- watch out for. You know, for those listeners that, that don't know, I'm currently rocking um, a Galaxy Z Fold 2 um, and that's my main driver. That's my main phone. I've not had any problems with it, but again... I- I've, I've always been quite careful with my device and and I've got a big case on it to make sure it doesn't drop um, and I'm loving using it. But as I say, uh, it's not dust and water resistant, which can be a huge problem. If it starts chucking it outside, I'm thinking, you know, let's, I, I can't get my phone out basically at the minute, um, which, which is not a huge problem for me, but, you know, it's definitely something to, to think about. No, I agree. Um, I think... Like you said, you, you, the whole purpose of a mobile phone is it's meant to be mobile mm. and not really being able to take it out because it's raining or it's dusty or, as you said, um, probably defeats the purpose of uh, of the phone and is probably one of the reasons why they haven't broken into mainstream uh, use. Oh, yeah. Everyday use. Absolutely. Uh, that, without a doubt. And, of course, uh, the big one, again, being the price. I mean, yeah. they, these things are ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, and the only way that um, that 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 I was that you can get one really is because Samsung they, you know, generally do very good trading deals. Um, and yeah. on their new S twenty one lineup, they have some very very good deals for old phones if you wanted to trade them in. Um, at a very competitive um, rate, and that's for me that's the best way of doing of doing it. Um. So that's the only way that only way to do it. But of course, for it to become mainstream, the technology has got to become cheaper. And of course, because it's such expensive manufacturing, and it is, it's you know, it's way more expensive than to do a flat screen than a normal screen. Um, so the price is is at the point it is. Hopefully, potentially, we're going to see the price dropping slightly this year, um, and um, that might be something to look forward to. But I think it will probably be a couple more years before we get a significant price drop for it to become more mainstream. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I, as you said, I think the main issue is price at the moment, uh, which which I think is the main issue when it comes to most things at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, th- I can't see it being this year, as you said. Maybe next year. Again, depends how, how quickly the world gets back to normal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of... A lot of sectors have already, especially tech sectors, um, 
have already said that it's been very hard to adapt to working from home. Mm. Um, you know, sectors like um, game development, uh, development of, of sort of companies like Apple, they've already said, haven't they, that, that last year was quite hard because, you know, you're not going to have, especially with Apple, you're not going to have a R&D department in your back, back room are you so no no exactly no engineers i can imagine to um and even programmers because uh, you know the computers they probably have at work probably are nowhere near the power that they have at home mm. so i think there's, there's issues like that that are going to are going to hold development of phones especially um with phones like that um but yeah what are your thoughts on it yeah, I mean, you've, you've you've said everything really. I think that's the thing. It's it's just going to be a waiting game really to see one the durability improve. I mean, let's hope that Samsung manages to do it with the Z Fold Three that we get some kind of official um, IP um, rating. I don't know whether it will happen because, of course, it's got folding, it's got moving parts, which can be very very difficult, very challenging to waterproof. I, I think I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. And again. The next thing is going to have to be the price drop as well for people to actually adopt it. Um, you know, this is uh, the one thing that's very it's very debated in the tech world at the minute is the fact that Samsung may drop the uh, Note line for the uh, Z Fold line um, because we're going to get S Pen support on the on the Z Fold three. Um, no one knows whether this is going to happen, whether they are going to still make a note phone, note phone instead. But potentially, that's the way that they might get around the fact that it's not more mainstream, is the fact that they might kill off the Note line in favour for the Z Fold line. Um, and then, of course, people who are fans of the Note line and fans of the S Pen will... you know, I mean, I, of course, like for me, it, it makes sense because if you are wanting a phone to write notes on if you've got a bigger display that folds in half and you can write notes on it, it it's to me it seems like a win-win situation but as i say that the note line is a, is a big sector in the samsung ecosystem so whether they cut this year i don't know but that's that's a rumor that's going around at the minute yeah definitely um i hope you mind i'm just gonna because just because it's come to my head uh something that i was just off topic if you, if you don't mind there uh, I noticed that um, the Model Y, which is for the Tesla Model Y, I'm not sure if you've seen yeah. this or recently, has just passed its health and safety test. Um, and it's given a, in all categories, Elon Musk is very happy about this this morning. <laughs> um, I'm sure he uh, posted some tweet about it, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did. He, he retweeted a, um, an account called, I think it's like World of Engineering. And it was um, <laughs> videos of the car going through its health and safety, like its its safety uh, yeah. proportion test. So it's been given five stars in health and safety in all departments. Wow, gosh, that's cool. That's very impressive. Exactly, and they've still got a year because they've, they've they're not releasing it until twenty twenty two. So they've still got a year to develop it even more, which I think um, is good. Just I just sort of throw that in there because um, I know we discussed Tesla last time, and um, I know we're both avid fans. Of, 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 of the brand yeah well of course that's another thing to look that tech to look forward to in 2021 is of course the Cybertruck. i mean yeah, that's absolutely. that's this year that that happens this year um you know um i don't know when it drops yet it'll be probably late 2021 but yeah that's going to be um, i mean that's such a futuristic design such a futuristic truck 
Um, but that that technology and that that comes out this year. I know. I think it'd be weird to see it on the streets. I, I think again, it, I can't see it being. You know, I don't think it'll be around here for a while. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I think it'll stick to sort of very very niche customers. Yeah. Because the design is a bit a bit out there. Yeah. Um, and as much as I think Elon wants it to be, uh, <laughs> you know, a modern like a. a a very well used car. I don't think it's going to happen for a while. Yeah. Um, but although the the, the range like on, car. yeah, yeah, the range on the saddle truck is is very impressive. They've managed to push that quite quite significantly. I can't remember what the number is for that. Have you, do you know what the number is? I for? I don't know. I think it's like four hundred something. Let me have a quick look. Um. So the range. The base model that starts at $40,000 will have a range of 500 miles. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was quite... Because obviously, that for listeners that don't know, um, one of the biggest ranges on the, on the Tesla models is like 250, 300 miles. So, of course, the Cybertruck, cyber sorry, pushing it to 500 um, plus miles um, miles for, the, for, the, for a charge is, is super impressive. Oh, just I apologise. I've read further on. God, The Verge have really done me in with the headline there. So the base model, which is 40,000, I apologise, is 250 miles. Right. The, that's the single motor, rear wheel one. The triple motor is the 500, mi- is 500 miles, um, but that's $70,000. So, God, so uh, the, the Verge really did correct. it in with that headline there. It's not, not the base yeah, model at all. I googled it, and you know what it isn't. It isn't the Verge, actually. It is um, Google's algorithm. There, you know, when you type something in, it answers it now, like at the top. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So, but Tesla Cybertruck will get up to 500 miles of range and start at 39,900 dollars. Well, clearly not. <laughs> I clicked on the advert, and it's not. Um, but yeah, I think um, that's not bad for. For a for an electric car. No, for an electric car, that's going to change a lot. You know, if they can produce that and the similar things into into more mainstream cars like the Tesla yeah. Model Model S and Model Y, and you know that that is going to be that's something really definitely to look to look to forward to. Yeah, definitely, and I, I love the fact that because it's a truck, they've they've also gone with. Um, I looked at you know towing capacity yeah 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 this it's got a lot that into it yeah yeah definitely it's got a lot um that yeah it's definitely going to be um it's, it's going to be really cool to see it see it out and um i think obviously <laughs> seeing a lot of trailers people are using it i mean the videos on youtube are going to be crazy but i already know marcus brown there and again going back to mkbhd has ordered one i believe so I think he'll have, yeah. I think he'll have a video on it later on this year when that comes out. So, you know, that's again that's something. There's so much to look forward to this year. I keep saying, keep saying it, but it's true. Um, yeah, I think whenever I look at this truck as well, I, um, it, it reminds me of. It may just be because it's called Cyber at the front of it, but it it remind, I feel like it would be in um, Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is a very future. No, it is. It's a futuristic, um, definitely something that belongs in Cyberpunk uh, 2077. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, moving on now, um, of course, we're going back to the Apple world. We, we've mentioned it before. Talking about it again. We've got the iPod, uh, iPod iPad Pro refresh. 
um, which is going to happen in the next uh, couple of months. So we'll March, April time, we'll get a new iPad Pro refresh. The design looks very, very similar to last year's model um, in terms of that it's got two cameras and then we've got the LiDAR sensor as well. Um, but one of the biggest changes is going to be um, having a micro LED display, um, which means that um, it will look a lot more impressive. So the colours will pop more, so the blacks will look a lot blacker and the whites will look a lot whiter and of course because of that as well you minimize this uh what they call shadowing effect um so you don't see the um shadows on colors as more so everything kind of pops out more and of course we'll keep the 120 hertz refresh rate on it so that's going to be one of the biggest design and biggest changes of the new ipad pro refresh everything else is going to be quite similar so it's going to work with the magic keyboard still um so that's, yeah, something to look forward to in the next couple of months, definitely. And of course, I'll be uh, talking about that on the channel as well. Yeah, um, I, I think the, the iPad Pro, when, the, when they say they refresh it, I think the, what they're going to do with it looks, looks very good. Um, I'm just hoping that it's going to stay around about the same price range. Um, have they released a price on it? No, I, I would say usually where Apple stands with pricing is is it will all move down slightly. So I would imagine it's starting. So the base base model again will start at that seven hundred ninety nine pound price point um, uh, for the base model, and then of course you've got things like the Apple Pencil, you've got the keyboard. So it yeah. does make it more expensive, but I think that will be the way it goes. I think we'll get um, similar similar pricing. Um, so they'll have the eleven inch and then the twelve point nine inch um ipad pros um so uh, yeah something to very much look forward to in the next couple of months um we'll have the new um a14 um bionic chip i'd imagine or yeah. or the a14 um x chip it will be um so we'll see we'll see what happens in the next couple of uh, next couple of months that's uh, something very much look very much look to look forward to i think just coming coming back to that that's one of the places where uh, i always like to say that Apple gets you is it's not necessarily the actual tech or the hardware that gets you. It's usually the accessories. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've never, so uh, since uh, people who are, are fans of the channel, who watch the channel, um, I was very much a Samsung tablet user until last year where I bought myself an iPad, um, Apple pencil, magic keyboard, and those videos are all on the channel if you want to watch them. Um, but I have not had a better writing experience anywhere else you know, nothing beats writing on the apple uh, with the apple pencil it's just so fluid natural it feels like you are actually writing on paper or you know um and the like low latency everything just works yes it's more expensive and you know you have to pay that premium price to get into the apple walls garden um as we've said before but you know as you said, the accessories are definitely what makes it. Like having the keyboard um, on it is just phenomenal. Yeah. I think it was one of the things that I looked at um, getting uh, instead of my laptop. Yeah. I just thought um, there, was, there was no really no real option that I wasn't going to get a laptop. So, because um, I thought, like I say, I thought that if I got the iPad Pro, I was going to have to get the pencil. Yeah. I was going to have to get a keyboard for it if I wanted to do work. So I think it just didn't make sense at the time. Well, that's the thing. So, it, you know, if you, if you are doing that, it then becomes laptop price, really. You know, yeah. so you've got to really have one or the other. So my main workflow now is on one desktop, 
and two, my iPad. So that means I've got the portability and the flexibility if I'm going out somewhere. I mean, it's not likely because, again, we're in lockdown three. But whenever we're allowed to go out, you know, I've got my iPad to stick with me and it's so light. So and I can write and I can type on it really easily. So that works fine. And then when I want to get work done, if you like, I've got my desktop. And then, you know, that that's how my workflow works now, really. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people um, now that they're working from home is going to have that sort of idea of. I think that's desktop. it. Yeah. A mobile, obviously, that's what a laptop is, but a mobile computer that you can take with you to, a, you know, if they open up hopefully soon, like coffee shop <laughs> or something, yeah. uh, or to work. Um, and then, you know, it, I, I think that's what most people will be doing. I'm, once I hopefully finish uni, once we finish uni, I think that's one of the things that I'm probably going to look at is having a desktop at home. Yeah. I use, but then having this that I can take to um, law school, obviously, once we finish um but I, th- I think that's the way that's one of the main things um that that people are going to be doing now i mean what, what do you think you're going to do in terms of tech going forward because i mean i think we've discussed it but i think both of us are going to go to do um law school after this aren't we so i think what what, what are your sort of opinions on on future um desktops and stuff like yeah that? i well, you've led us really quite nicely. Of course, I've I've just um, built my own PC, so that's what I'm yep. using. Um, and I, I really, I love, yeah, I mean, one, I love building things tech-wise. And two, I love the fact that if anything goes wrong, I know exactly how to fix it because I built it. And then also, um, if, if anything needs upgrading, I just literally swap out the parts and it's so easy. So I love that. But then also you've, you've led us quite nicely onto the MacBook uh, or Mac refresh for this year. So of course, last year, as we talked about in the last, last podcast episode, we've got um, the new MacBook pro lineup and the MacBook air lineup, as well as the Mac mini, which has the new um, M1 Mac. uh, So Apple Silicon chip in it. And of course, we're expecting to get a really, really uh, widespread uh, refresh of all the Mac lines this year. And that includes the iMac and also the Mac Pro um, with the M1X chip, which is going to be Apple's next generation um, Apple Silicon chip. And also they will be um, in the next generation MacBook Pro, which we're also expecting to see at the end of this year as well. Um, So... I've just I've just said a lot in one go, but of course Mac Pro um, with the M1X chip, um, we're going to expect some really really significant boost in um, performance. Um, of course, they've not really got efficiency to worry about in the in the in the Mac Pro and the iMac line. They've just got to worry about power because of course it's plugged in constantly, so um, don't have to worry about any 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 sort of efficiency. So. Um, I think that will be something definitely to look forward to. Um, the MacBook, Mac Pro from 2019 did really well with the Intel chip, um, but it was super expensive. So potentially Apple might be able to bring down the price slightly, add more RAM into it, um, and then um, we're looking at a, a really powerful device. And then, of course, the MacBook Pro lineup um we're looking at a 14 inch refresh of the macbook and that'll be a design um and we've just got an article actually the other day from ming chi ko which is a very very reliable apple leaker and he said that um we're looking at again a new design for the macbook very reminiscent or inspired should i say of the iphone 12 design with more squared off 
uh, design, um, better screen, um, which fills the entire display. And um, I'm pleased about it. Ben might not be pleased about it, but the touch bar is apparently going away. No, I'm not pleased about it. Um, I just, I mean, I know like we discussed last time that there are a few sort of kinks with it that I'm not happy about. <laughs> I don't like with the touch bar, but I don't know. I just like it. I think it's, 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 it make it's tech made easy. It's um, instead of buttons, you've got a slide. It's something you can interact with. You're um, one of the few people then. <laughs> what can I say? Um, I think what, what it is for me is, with the function buttons, they were good, but you were limited to what you could do on them. Yeah. Um, whereas here, you can you can customize the touch the touch bar. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's probably a bit too small. To be honest, I think that's probably the problem. Mm. It's a bit too small. Um, and I think one of the things that I did see actually, um, sort of linked to the touch bar, is have you seen the leak of the new? Uh, I think it's called the Zenbook Duo. Yeah, yeah, the Acer Zenbook Duo Pro. There's a couple of they came out a couple of year, well, a year ago or so. Um, but yeah, they they, they yeah, so they have they've got a new range of them as well. But that's for anyone um, listening. They have a full touch screen display on the main display, and then they also they have a screen that comes down on the on the keyboard part of it. But rather than the touch bar, which is a very very thin and small part of the top. Um, the screen comes further down. You've got a slightly small keyboard, and then the, the trackpad, sorry, is moved to the right hand side. Um, so it's kind of cool implementation of the tech. But like you said, I think the touch bar, if they were to go and try and, you know, keep it going and carry it on, just needs to be made bigger. And yeah. um, so it's a lot more usable. Um, and also, again, I know obviously on, on your MacBook, the new MacBook, they put the escape key, which is an actual physical key now, isn't it? Rather than being, because um, that, that was one thing that was really annoying people is if you wanted to escape, you had to go through the touch bar to then get back to the function keys. I mean, yeah. it, that took then too long, whereas with a physical escape button, you just press it once and it goes back. Um, but yeah, I, I think if they did, did carry the touch bar on, I would like to see it bigger. And I have seen Apple pay, um, patents actually for touch um, keyboard. So if the whole bottom was was then, you know, a touch screen and the, the keys were then sort of tactile with haptic feedback, potentially that's something that's more futuristic, but, um, you know, that might work. Um, yeah, no, I think, like I said, it, it, um, it just needs to be bigger. Yeah. If they want to carry it, like you said, it needs to be bigger. I mean, I know that the I know Apple's thing is nice and sleek, and it's all in a small area, like it's part of the keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, but they've, you know, they've got a part of the the metal, the 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 chassis. Yeah. Above it, that they could quite easily make a part of the touch, you know, the touch bar. I yeah. Don't know how it would work or etc. But just looking at it now, it just it feels like they've got like room for basically another touch bar above it. Yeah, which would make um, it a lot more usable, wouldn't it? Exactly. I think you could, you know, you could have everything that you wanted on this one, so actually on the keyboard, but then you could have a set, you know, function above it. Um, so I, just, I, I don't understand uh, why they wouldn't, but obviously it's, it's up to them. Maybe it's not feasible mm. uh, or maybe they just don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Saving that for a future design. <laughs> possibly right so i think that's kind of i think we've kind of talked about 
so much in this podcast episode. Um, there's a lot to think about, a lot of tech that we're obviously both looking forward to this year. Well, uh, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Um, and um, this has been a really fun episode to record, as always. Um, and if you want to follow me um, whilst we're, I'm not putting content out, just go to my Instagram and Twitter, DonTalksTech, follow me there, and you'll see a load more updates and tweets and Instagram posts um, on the regular as well, so you can connect with me in those places. Of course, I've got the channel as well, um, so if you've not already, um, go to the channel and hit that subscribe button and turn on bell notifications and of course on the podcast if you want to follow along uh, hit that follow button on wherever you're listening and you can follow this podcast and be notified as soon as a new episode drops so thank you so much guys for listening and we'll catch you in the next one